Hello and welcome to FTD Talk. My name is John James and I'm a writer and campaigner for male victims of female perpetrated domestic violence and an advocate for men's mental health. In today's episode, we'll be talking to Leanne Asprey of Mind Your Future about cognitive behaviour therapy and how it can help you in your daily life. It's a really good episode. I really enjoyed talking to Leanne, so I hope you enjoy it. But before we go, don't forget, Smash that subscribe button, smash that like button. The bigger the channel gets, the more people I can help. You take care, look after yourself, look after each other. Take care. Peace. Okay, Liam, uh, welcome to FTD Talk. Thank you. Um, we're here today to talk about uh, cognitive behaviour therapy, but before we do, can you just tell me a little bit about who Leanne Asprey is. Yeah, so I'm Leanne Asprey and I am a cognitive behavioural psychotherapist and I um, own a private practice in the Cheshire area. And during the pandemic, um, like everybody else, I, I was kind of forced to stop working and kind of had a bit of time spare for the first time in a long time. So I kind of decided to develop a way of helping people with CBT that can't access therapy so I also now um, have an online program for people to work through to educate them about CBT and you know provide them with the same techniques and strategies that they would receive in the therapy room so yeah my business has gone in a different direction since 2020 like many people's businesses have. Awesome and um, can you tell me what CBT is? Yeah, so cognitive behavioural therapy, the word cognitive is another word for our thoughts. Behaviour is the way that we act and therapy is the treatment. So CBT is one of the most heavily researched forms of therapy and the research provides really strong evidence that the way us human beings think will control the way we feel and the way we feel will then control the way we behave. So when somebody comes in for CBT, you know, whether it's anxiety, depression, OCD, what we want to be doing is looking at any unhelpful thinking patterns and any unhelpful behavior patterns that that person is kind of finding themselves stuck in. And then we can kind of help them to break out of that cycle. Because if we can help somebody to change the way they think and the way they behave, we will automatically help them to change the way they feel, which is ultimately what people come into therapy for, really. They want to feel better. They want to feel happier. They want to feel more relaxed. So, yeah, we look at the, the thoughts and the behaviors that are kind of keeping them stuck in that cycle. And what kind of things can be treated with CBT? Oh, many things. Um, anxiety is one of the most um, effective treatments for anxiety, depression, OCD. You know, it helps with self-esteem, PTSD, many different things. It's very effective for, you know, many, many mental health problems. I specialise in anxiety myself. Anxiety. Yeah. And... I know that CBT is very uh, interactive. You have to be very proactive if, if you're going for CBT therapy. Yeah. Um, can you just explain what the GAD and the PHQ are, please? Yeah, so the GAD and PHQ, they are scores, basically. So when somebody comes in for therapy, we want to be, we use them as a way of measuring kind of where somebody's at with regards to their anxiety or their mood. And then we kind of use that throughout the process to ensure that we are continuing, we are making progress. So it's like a measurement tool that we will use to help to, you know, so we'll start, we'll use it at the start of the therapy sessions and we'll revisit it like a few sessions in and then we'll revisit it again 
then at the end just to, obviously to make sure that the person is the scores are coming down and people are making progress because that's ultimately what they want to be doing so and it is are you asking them about the how they're feeling on that day or yes. what, how, do, yeah. how does it work so when they're filling the form in it's, it's within the last seven days i think seven it days. is okay. yeah the last seven days if you've if you've had any of these symptoms so yeah it's kind of it gets an idea of where they've been at during that last week before they've come in because therapy takes place weekly they recommend cbt weekly so you know it's within the last seven days of, of that period and one of the things i've i found interesting is problem statements um could you tell us a little bit about problem statements and how they're used problem statements with regards to the yeah with the forms yeah just what you just explain to me what you mean how they're used uh, just the the statements themselves what they have to present to you and um how they can help somebody get their uh um problems out right okay so when somebody comes in for therapy what i ultimately do in the first couple of sessions is i get a very full um i do a full assessment of what brought them into therapy so any problems that are, that they are that that's presented in their life with regards to you know like I said any unhelpful thoughts any unhelpful behaviours mm. and they will make it very clear that the goals that they they want to get from therapy that is really important that we say to somebody if therapy works for you what will you be able to do that you can't do now no. you know and we look at that from their you know the problems that are presented in their life and then the treatment plan that I would then put together will be based on their own goals and obviously their their scores with regards to their assessment tools and what you know ultimately what they want to get from the sessions because it's everybody comes in to therapy for their own reasons everybody yeah. has different goals and the treatment plan needs to be specifically for what that person wants to achieve so yeah so it's working on the problems that they bring into therapy we break them down bit by bit get them to look at it from a different perspective which is a lot of what C so it's so good at um helping people to see things from a different perspective because our yeah. wonderful brain when we have anxiety or depression or ocd um very often comes from beliefs that we hold and our brain distorts our perception of reality it really yeah. does it kind of looks for evidence to support what we believe so cbt is so good at helping people to break down their problems and get them to look at things from a different perspective and you know a lot of people say i hear it so much in the therapy room that you know they have light bulb moments in therapy because it just really does help them to see things completely differently to look at their problems completely differently and as a result of that they feel more motiva motivated and determined to kind of to tackle it so yeah it's it's really good in that way. I'm very passionate about CBT. I see how the impact so, it has. <laughs> would you yeah. say? Would you say then that it is true that if you think positive, your life will be positive because your brain is looking for positive things? And would you say the reverse? If you think negative thoughts, then your life will be negative. Yeah. They <laughs> It's not as easy as just waking up one day and saying, I'm going to have positive thoughts and my life's going to change. <laughs> yeah. If only life was that simple. Um, but, you know, there is evidence that the way we think controls the way we feel. And our brain will look for evidence to support whatever we choose yeah. to focus on. Our brain notices more of, you know, that's proven. Yeah. So, yeah, if somebody chooses to obviously have more positive thoughts, then they are very likely to to kind of notice a lot more positive things, which is why gratitude 
um, gratitude. They've done, they've done loads of research into gratitude and the benefits of it for mental health. And, you know, if somebody introduces gratitude into their daily routine, what it's doing is kind of instructing their brain to notice the good, which the brain will then start to notice more yeah. of. But, you know, we can't just... Negative thoughts are the biggest problem with anybody I work with. They come into my therapy room, they're having negative thoughts, whether it's anxiety, depression, OCD, they're having negative thoughts and they're believing them to be true. And that is the ultimate problem because if you believe a thought to be true, it then kind of changes the way you feel and then obviously will change the way you behave. Yeah. So it's, it's educating people about the fact that thoughts aren't facts and giving them the techniques and strategies to be able to see that for themselves. Cause I can't just say to somebody, these thoughts you're having are not true. And my job as their therapist yeah. is to help them to yeah. believe that for themselves. So CBT provides them with really good strategies and techniques so that they can start to see that for themselves. And when they start to see it for themselves, they feel more empowered to not give their thoughts their attention. And then they're, you know, they're, they're more likely to then start to, you know, have more positive thoughts that way. But our thoughts, again, they come from our beliefs and our fears. So, you know, you can't just say to somebody, start thinking positively. It's a case of understanding where their thoughts are coming from in the first place. So I always make sure we identify where these thoughts are coming from and we do the work there. Because if you can change yeah. somebody's beliefs, you will change the way they think. So, yeah, it's not just as simple as, oh, stop thinking negative thoughts. We, there's a lot more work that goes into it, but it gets great results. It really does. It really does. Well, I mean, that's that's the problem with with uh, today, isn't it? There's a lot of people out there who just say, "Come on, pull your socks up and get on with it," and it's not it's not that simple. I mean, I know that you've been through uh, you've been through bad times. I've been through bad times. Virtually everybody has, and it's not just a matter of pull your socks up. No, absolutely not. We need to understand why this is happening. So my own experiences, I, I had a very difficult childhood. And as a, as a result of that childhood, I developed some very deep beliefs about myself that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't lovable, that I wasn't likable. And as a result of that, I was my brain was focusing on evidence to support that. So I continued to believe that about myself. I was having loads of negative thoughts coming from them beliefs about myself as a person. Life was very difficult. I suffered from both anxiety and depression. And then I kind of educated myself and under, started to understand where, why all this was happening, did some work on myself using CBT, which is why I trained as a therapist. And I started to understand why my brain was doing that. It was fascinating yeah. for me. And yeah, it really helped me because I had to go in and do the work on my beliefs, which you know, and, and understand that my thoughts were not, the thoughts do not belong to us. Like we are not, 95% of the thoughts we have they're coming from our subconscious mind we don't choose them like nobody yeah. sit, nobody sits and thinks oh today I want to sit and think that I'm a really terrible person and that my life is awful of course nobody chooses to have them thoughts but we have them nevertheless and it's because they're coming from our subconscious mind and I, I am very passionate about helping people to learn to think for themselves because we absolutely can you know, but it's understanding that where these thoughts are coming from, doing the work that we need to do, and then, um, you know, allowing ourselves to to think more consciously about ourselves and our life and other people in general. So, yeah, it's it's hard work. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. CBT, it requires, it does, when someone comes in for CBT, they do need to do the homework. They call it homework. I don't really like that phrase. They need to do the exercises outside the session yeah. for them to get results. It's not easy. 
but it, it if you do the work you will get great results from it you absolutely will I've seen it time and time again hence why I am you know so passionate about helping people and what, what made you feel if you don't mind me asking what made you feel so negative when you were younger what what happened you mean yeah been, mm-hmm. yeah um well I was raised by um a very troubled father and he was very violent towards me and my siblings and my mother and um at the age of 12 I ended up turning up at school with a thick lip and I was taken away my, my school phone social services and I was taken away from my family and put with foster carers um which was very very difficult time for me I'd witnessed a lot before that and then being removed from my family obviously then made me feel like I was even more unlovable obviously because there's mm-hmm. there's five of us I've got five four siblings and I was the only one that was removed so I'm, as a child I completely understand now as a child why I must have felt like there was something wrong with me that I was unlovable compared to the others as an adult now what I now understand is that none of them things ever happened because of me mm-hmm. and that is you know that was the ultimate thing for me is that I always for years I believe that you know I must have done something to upset my dad for him to have treated me like he did but now what I understand is it was never my fault then things didn't happen because of me they happened because my dad obviously had problems of his own um and not to say that that's okay you know but that's been my way of helping me to start to like myself and love myself again um and and not be angry at the situation anymore so yeah it's yeah difficult childhood but then you know I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if it wasn't for the experiences that I've had so you know it's took me down a path so now I'm helping other people and you know I couldn't be happier than I am right now so good good I mean that's that's the the same with me what I went through uh, with my um uh, my abuse from my girlfriend has led me to doing this show really yeah and you know this is why Mm. I help trying to help other people through this show, getting people like yourself to come on and talk about their expertise, getting um, uh, survivors to come on and talk about their experiences. And, and without that abuse, I wouldn't have been here. No, exactly. So, it's, it's strange, isn't it? I saw a quote a few weeks ago that said, sometimes the worst experiences of your life can turn out to be the best experiences as in like, you know, we are who we are now because of certain things that have happened yeah. to us and as a result we can go on and help other people so yeah it's 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 interesting the path that we go down but sadly for a lot of people you know when these bad experiences do happen you know they they don't go down that path and then you know yeah. they go down yeah. another path and that's the really sad thing and that's what I want to this is why I'm so passionate about educating people about their mind and how their mind works because some people have been through some horrendous times and it's really hard to come back from if you don't oh, yeah. know yeah. if you don't know the impact that them experiences are now having on your on your brain on your you know on your life. So it's education, and we're not educated in schools about this. Like I was, I was in my twenties before I even understood that the way I was thinking was controlling the way I was feeling. Like something mm-hmm. that important and that that simple, I've never ever been told that. Like why are we not educating people? about these things you know it's it beggars belief but it really does but it's an important thing that we need to understand our thoughts do basically dictate our life I, th- I think you you raise a good point there because I think the education system is a huge failure because we're not le- we're not teaching anybody life lessons at we all 
we're not we're not even teaching them respect and consent and things like this you know so i think the education system has a lot to answer for in the way society is totally agree i used to work in a school um and yeah it's if I if I'd have had my way, things would have been done very differently. Put it that way. But I am actually in the process at the moment of um, offering training to schools as well because I do want to make a difference in schools. I want to help staff that work in schools to understand about this so they can be helping the young people, especially with regards to bullying as well. Because bullying yeah. is the the amount of people that come into therapy because of being bullied in high school. The impact it has it's people just do not understand it's it's it has a lifelong impact for a lot of people so I want to educate people about the impact of bullying we need to be understanding it and helping people so that they don't end up with lifetime consequences from it yeah but yeah you're absolutely right we need to be providing more life lessons and helping people to understand how to how to feel good because what's the point in a child leaving school with loads of qualifications when they lack self-belief when they yeah. you know when they're not happy they've got low self-esteem you know, that's just not it's not okay we need to be doing more to help people yeah i think i think we just throw even well especially now we throw qualifications on yeah. and you know we, we say oh we'll make it easier for you to get qualifications but we need to make it easier for them to get through life 100 percent 100%, especially the way life is at the minute. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's more challenging at the moment, absolutely, yeah, I agree. Um, can you talk to me about uh, safety behaviours? Sorry, say that again, safety behaviours. Yeah, please. Yeah, so safety behaviours are a term we give to the behaviours that people will use to kind of help them to manage the way they feel. So avoidance being one of the most common ones with anxiety. So if somebody's feeling anxious, understandably anxiety is our survival emotion. So our brain has this very important job to protect us. And the way it will do that is try and convince us to just avoid these situations that make us feel anxious. So, you know, avoidance, over-preparing, over-planning, drinking alcohol, taking drugs, seeking reassurance there's many many different safety behaviors but they are a, a, a behavior that people will put in place to help them to avoid feeling anxious and um, but the problem being with safety behaviors that they actually they give short-term relief but they keep the problem going so for example let's say somebody let's say somebody has social anxiety and when they're due to go out with their friends they start to feel anxious so as a way of avoiding continuing to feel anxious they might then cancel going out and kind of text and say you know I'm not coming out I'm not feeling well the minute they send that text they are likely to then feel better because they've avoided the situation so their anxiety is then likely to lower um but the problem being the next time they're invited out the, the same thing is going to happen again because they have not dealt with the, the problem they've not dealt with the fear they've used their safety behavior and over a period of time, people will develop more and more safety behaviours and life can become very difficult for people. Um, so when again, when someone comes into CBT, we want to be looking at them behaviours. So as part of the treatment plan, so we can help somebody to break out of that cycle. But ultimately, it is about helping people to face the fears um, to lower the anxiety. And then eventually over a period of time, the anxiety will diminish in that situation. And is it is it the case that if somebody comes in with safety behaviors and protecting themselves from from one situation 
that they just get themselves in another situation that they then protect themselves from. And can it, yeah, can it, yeah, like, it have a domino effect? Oh, absolutely. If some, when somebody first starts feeling anxious, they'll introduce one safety behaviour and then they'll start to kind of see that that safety behaviour is preventing them from feeling anxious because they do. There's no mm -hmm. doubt about it. If, you, yeah. if, you, if you've got social anxiety and you don't go out, then you're not going to get anxious. So, yes, mm -hmm. the safety behaviours are helping in that way, yeah. but they're, what they're doing is limiting your life. So over a period of time, another safety behaviour will come in and another safety behaviour and they'll start to they'll start to lose self-esteem as well because they start to earn confidence because they're avoiding these situations. So it's just, a, we call it a vicious cycle in CBT. All these behaviours and thoughts that people have, they start off and they just become a very vicious cycle that people get stuck in time and time again. And yeah. you know, unfortunately, life becomes very, very difficult for people, which is why my CBT programme that I've developed you know, I want it to reach so many people because if people can, if people understand this before they get into that, you know, really vicious cycle, there's absolutely something they can do about it to, to break. Well, they can break out of it anyway, no matter what. But I mean, like if you can catch it early enough, you know, it avoids a lot of suffering, a lot of suffering, because sadly, a lot of people are suffering with this. And I mean, we, we hinted to it earlier on about the pandemic. Have you seen a, a rise in either social anxiety or mental health problems because of the pandemic? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Anxiety, 100%, yeah. Getting a lot more clients with anxiety than ever before, really, worrying about a lot of things to do with health anxiety being a big part of that. Health anxiety is a very it's a very difficult one for a lot of people, but absolutely, it's people are just becoming, obviously, really anxious about just being out and about and the virus. Mm -hmm. and anxious about the future as well, because there's just so much uncertainty at the moment in the world yeah. nobody knows what's going to be happening so you know I work a lot with an intolerance to uncertainty um which is linked to GAD you know somebody worries yeah. a lot well, there's a thing called intolerance to uncertainty and it's when somebody can't tolerate not being certain about an outcome and as mm -hmm. a result they try to increase certainty through through their behaviors so they'll use like you know the reassurance seeking or over preparing over planning for etc um but so, so somebody who's already got an intolerance to uncertainty with what's going on in the world right now, this would be their yeah. worst case scenario because at the moment there's a lot of uncertainty. So it's, I'm working a lot with that at the moment and helping people with that. And I think that's where the, the, the government has fallen on its backside. It's not considering people, uh, it's not considering their mental health and it's not considering people who already have mental health problems. It's making them a hundred times worse. Absolutely. I know this... They're putting the focus on, it's not even just in mental health, but I feel like the focus is all on one thing and we're forgetting about people who've got other illnesses. And, yeah. you know, yeah, it's just becoming like everything else is just not there at the minute. It's, it is worrying, isn't it, for a lot of people? It is. And um, I know that you do sessions on online. Okay. Um, is there a huge difference between sessions online and face-to-face? Before the pandemic, I had never worked online before. I was always in my therapy room face to face. And then obviously the pandemic hit and people wanted to have online. So I had my own concerns. This is why I was there, because I always thought it, it just wouldn't be the same sitting on a computer yeah. talking to somebody. But I can honestly say I've been doing online now since the pandemic. My clients are getting the exact same results and the feedback. I've had no negative feedback from people. In fact, some people have actually said that they've preferred it because you know they've been it means they it's because 
people's lives are quite busy and you know getting yeah. time to go to therapy if they're just in the comfort of their own homes they've only got to go and sneak off to a room for an hour they haven't got the whole traveling to me and um and also people some people have said they feel more comfortable in their own you know their own bedrooms talking about it but then I, some people have said that the reason they won't do online is because they don't want their family members listening and i, I totally yeah. get that you know yeah, you do, when you, yeah you want to in therapy you want to be very open and honest about things and it can be difficult <coughs> if, if you know that you've got family members in the other room so that would be a negative for some people if you haven't got privacy but with regards to the results that people are getting I can honestly say I'm still getting the exact same results online as what I am so it's made me want to carry on working online because it also allows me to help more people not just people in my local area yeah. so I'm going to continue to work online for the foreseeable future but there's no reason why I shouldn't really if it means that I can help more people yeah that's great and with with your um uh helping people online then obviously you've had to have uh, a very uh, big presence in social media how have you found that um it's took some getting used to I, I've always been on social media since I went into private practice but I was just like posting a few quotes here and there but I've, I've, I've wanted to be a lot more engaged because I am determined to reach as many people as possible like it's my yeah. passion to help so many more people I've got big plans for 2022 I'm going to start working with a coach and um because I'm determined to help people to understand more about this just because I've been there myself I know it works and like I say my clients get great results I know that I can help people so I'm yeah social media it's just if you want to reach people social media is the way to do that but I've not <laughs> I've, I've not I've not found it easy because you know I'm a therapist and it's it can be hard to to know how to use social media so but I've had help with it and I'm getting better at it and yeah yeah <laughs> reaching more and more people but it's not been the easiest task for me I'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah I've just gone on to TikTok <laughs> you do, well, I, I did think about TikTok but yeah it's yeah well we'll see I don't know <laughs> I'm on Instagram and Facebook so far in fact I'm on YouTube as well I'm starting to 2022 I'm thinking of starting a podcast actually in 2022 that's yeah. on my to do list because again I know more awesome. and more people these days are listening to podcasts so I'm going to start a podcast and talk more to people over the podcast and try and reach people that way as well yeah so yeah we'll see one step at a time <laughs> <laughs> awesome um uh I got my positivity my newborn positivity through faith I went to India and Nepal and had what I can only call a spiritual experience there and came back totally different. How, how would you, um, what advice would you give to somebody for have a more positive life? I would suggest that they, gratitude being a very good place to start, you know, mm -hmm. no, it, 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 it's, if you introduce gratitude every single day into your life, you know, and when I, when I say gratitude, what I mean is just spending a few minutes a day, just sitting and thinking about the things in your, in your life that you are grateful for, you know, the things in your life that are going well, the things in your life you like about yourself, the people in your life that you are thankful for, because no matter how, no matter how tough life is, there's always something to be grateful for. Even if it's the fact that you've got a roof over your head, if it's the fact that you've got, you know, heating in your home, you know, the fact that you're healthy or you've got, you know, it, we can, 
there's always something to be grateful for. And I always challenge myself every day to try and think of three different things, because if you said the same things every day, it'd mm-hmm. become a little bit, you know, tedious. So every day I challenge myself to think of three different things that I'm grateful for. And what it does over a period of time, like I said before, it, it instructs your brain to look for the good. And our brain is so adaptable. You know, neurons that fire together, wire together. So if you every day practice gratitude, then them neurons are going to get firing and will eventually start to wire together. So gratitude can't help but make you feel good. Because if you're thinking about the things in your life that are going well, the things that you're lucky to have, the people you're lucky to have, the things that you that make you feel good, then it can't fail to make you feel good. So gratitude is a really good place to start with regards to happiness. Um, and like I say, CBT, understanding where your thoughts are coming from. If you're unhappy, I can pretty much guarantee that the thoughts you're having are a big part of the problem. Um, So it's understanding where them thoughts are coming from and doing the work in order to help you with that, because you don't have to keep having these thoughts. You know, nobody has to keep living this life that's causing them to feel so unhappy. It's, It's educating yourself about that. And, you know, having the tools and techniques to take back control, because you absolutely can take back control. Anybody, I believe anybody can change their life if they make the decision to to get the help to do that. And there's a lot of help out there. Um, But with regards to the spirituality, I've actually also become quite spiritual recently. Mm -hmm. I'll say recently, over the last 18 months. um, And that's been um, really good. Meditation as well. Yeah. I now I've started meditating um, and that make that never fails to make you feel good. Like if you, and again, it's something that when you start doing it, it's really difficult because when I first started doing it, um, you know, it's trying to switch off from the, the day ahead, all the, all the things that have just happened in the day, your thoughts are all over the place. But again, if you're consistent with it, you can get really good at it. So now I can meditate really well and just switch off completely and I, it, it never fails to make me feel good. And on the days when I don't meditate, I notice a difference with regards to like how much I get done and my motivation yeah. and my energy levels. So it absolutely works. And there are two things you can do, meditation and gratitude. They don't cost anything. You go on YouTube, there's millions of videos on YouTube for meditation. Yeah. It's something that people could start to do, but I recommend you introduce it into your daily routine and make it a daily habit and in the morning morning routine is so important as well I always say to my clients you think about if you get out of bed in the morning and you have a bad morning you can pretty much guarantee that the rest of your day is just going to go that way so if you can get your mindset right in the morning by doing your gratitude doing 10 minutes meditation doing some exercise if you're somebody who enjoys exercise Start your day off well, and then you know you're more likely then to see that your day is going to go in a much better direction. So I recommend a very good morning routine for people. Yes, the uh, meditation I would highly recommend. Highly recommend that. Yeah. I meditate every day. I, I mean, I do because I'm a, a Hindu now, and I do my Hindu practice in the morning. But for, for anybody who isn't, then meditation is certainly the way to go. Definitely. Absolutely. And it doesn't even have to be, you know, I think with some people, there's a misinterpretation of meditation. I think people just see as, you know, somebody sat there with their legs crossed and their arms. In it. You know, I, when I do meditation, I just lie on my bed, I close my eyes, and I, I started off listening to meditations on YouTube, but now I don't listen to anything. I just lie there 
um, take some nice deep breaths and I just allow myself to just relax and switch off from the world for five, 10 minutes. You know, sometimes I do longer, if, you know, if I've got the, the time, but five, even five minutes a day, it, it don't underestimate the difference that will make because our mind never yeah. gets to rest. Our mind never switches off. Even when we're, uh, when we're asleep, our body rests, but our mind doesn't. So meditation is just a way of just clicking the reset button on yeah. your mind. And again, the consist consistency with everything is so important. If you just meditate once, it's not going to make a difference. If you just do gratitude once, it's not going to make a difference. If you mm -hmm. just exercise once, it's not going to make a difference. It's just like with exercise. If you think about it, if you only go to the gym once, you're not going to get the, the results you want. You've got to be consistent. And the, the brain is the same. If you want change, you've got to be consistent with these new habits that you are introducing. Um, but if you are consistent, you will get change because that's yeah. just the way the human brain works. That, you know, if we introduce a new habit over and over again, it becomes something we do. Um, it's just the way the human brain is. It becomes something we do on autopilot. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of stillness. Yeah. Be because the, the, the world is so manic oh, yeah. at the minute. Absolutely. I think you need to take that time out just to be still. 100%. 100%. Yeah, life is so busy for so many people. We know working, children, it's just it, it, all this that's going on in the world right now. Yeah, how often do people just sit and, you know, how often, when was the last time, if you ask somebody, when was the last time you sat and did nothing, as in just nothing, didn't think, didn't move, didn't do mm -hmm. anything? The, the answer for 99% of people is, I don't actually know. Yeah. Because, yeah, and, and mindfulness as well, that's something else that's, really good you know if you're not somebody who wants to meditate mindfulness you know just going out for a walk and being mindful as in just noticing your surroundings don't you know don't like switch off from your busy day that you've just had switch off from all your worries and just just notice your surroundings like when I go yeah. for out for a walk I like to like look up at the clouds and stuff it's just switching off and just being present in your life because again we're very rarely present. We're always either living in the past or the future. Yeah. And we are, we're missing out on the joy of today. Um, so yeah, mindfulness and journaling as well. I recommend journaling. Journaling is a really good way of getting all that noise out of your head. So if you've had a, you know, you've had a stressful day, just sitting with a pad and writing what's, you know, how you felt about the day, what's gone well, what's not gone so well, and just getting it all out. And then, you know, once you feel like you've released it all, just closing it and it's just moving on, trying to move on from it. But yeah, journaling, that's been also really proven to affect people's, uh, improve people's mental health. It's been the research into that. Yeah, I, I agree with everything, everything you said. I'm very much, um, I'm, I'm, I try and tell people live in the moment because the past doesn't exist apart from in your own head. So don't mess with that. Don't worry about the future because tomorrow is never here. Just exactly. worry about now, the moment you're in, not even like 10 minutes time, the moment you're in. Yeah. And as far as journaling is concerned, then, then again, writing things down hundred percent agree. I wrote a book about my experiences, uh, in, uh, in the abusive relationship and that was very very cathartic you actually wrote a book yeah oh wow brilliant yeah brilliant. yeah and that and that uh that's in the hands of if publishers now waiting to see if they'll accept that oh, amazing. so uh, that's on the, writing a book is actually on my to-do list as well about my own experiences and how yeah. i overcome them and 
yeah that's on my list of things to do in the future yeah so t- t- tell me about uh, what the future does hold for Leanne Asprey oh good question well next year I'm going to be working with a business coach to help me to reach more people with regards to my CD CBT program mm-hmm. um not just people with anxiety either well it, it The aim of the programme is to help anyone who's had some difficult experiences who want to understand how they've impacted their mind. And it's a step-by-step guide on how to use CBT techniques to help you with that. It helps to challenge thoughts, worries, build self-esteem. There's so much in there to help people. Um, So what I said to the coach, like, I don't feel like this programme is just for people with anxiety. Like everybody, even if you're not an anxious person, everybody needs to understand how their mind works you know we need to understand everybody has problems at times life throws challenges at us all and then problems can massively impact us if we don't understand you know the best way to deal with them so I want this program to be a program that's really helps people to manage you know manage these difficult times that they're going through in life and just to have the techniques and strategies to help them so that's my ultimate goal for 2022 is to reach more people with this program um, and help as many people as I possibly can um, but the future I want to write a book like I said and start a podcast I just want to be out there helping people my goal is to help people to become unstuck and just live life on their terms because these experiences that we have sadly they leave lead us to end up losing ourselves we end up living our life based on other people's values you know we don't live life on our own terms and we're constantly doubting ourselves and worrying about the future and you know people pleasing and just putting just forgetting ourselves so it's a way I want to help more people to 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 be happy and understand the steps to take to do that because like you said before I'm what happened to me as a child and what's happened to you they're not isolated incidents that a lot of people go through that but also what we need to understand is that trauma isn't just abuse you know the word trauma when people Mm -hmm. talk about you know when I talk about my experiences yes what I went through is classed as trauma but what we need to understand is any experience as a child you know whether if that experience left you scared if it left you feeling vulnerable if you felt different if you felt you know incompetent if you felt you know criticized these any of these experiences can massively then impact you in later life because our belief systems are affected by them so it's and and the majority of people have some kind of experience so there's so many people out there you know still living with beliefs that have been formed from their childhood they really are so many people and that's what I want to help people to understand really and have the techniques to to move forward and like I say live life on their terms and be ultimately be happy and free from all of that well I think it's absolutely awesome that you've taken something that was so negative in your life and turned it into so positive not only for you but for a lot of other people as well and you you should you should be very proud of that uh, thank you. I am very proud of myself. Yeah, but I'm not. I, I'm only just getting started. <laughs> I'm only just getting started. Yeah, I'm excited for the future. I'm excited to help as many people as I can. And God yeah. bless you for that. Thank you. And yourself. Well done for all your hard work as well. Thank you. Okay, Leanne, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been a fascinating conversation. And very welcome. I wish you all the best for the future. You're very welcome. And thanks for inviting me on. You're welcome. All right. Take, Take care. care now. Bye.
Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.